0: Welcome in. This is your live chat for this week's John Deere Classic presented by our friends over at Jock Market. Come on in. The water's fine. Let's go. Drop your questions, your comments, your concerns in the chat. I'll go through as many as I can for the next hour or so. This time is yours. If you can't get enough of these live chats, good news. Two more of them coming this week. The the next one p.m. Eastern time tonight. That's Wednesday. Jock Market, Power Hour, all things stock market DFS. Going to be a ton of value this week in the Jock Market and then a huge week for the Open Championship next week. So you want to get in there and make sure you are all set up. And then Friday, currently scheduled for 4 p.m. Eastern time, is the Cut Sweat Show. This is Now, three or four weeks in, a data-driven cut sweat show. What's the number going to be? Who's going to make the cut? How are my lineups going to do? Everything you could possibly want that is Friday, and it is subject to change. So make sure that you are subscribed to that little notification bell so that you get an email, get an alert when I do indeed go live. All right, let's get into this. I see a ton of questions. Matt says, oh, snap. I got the first like. Oh, there you go. Oh, hit the like button. I guess while you're here love your work. Make those likes. Oh, got it. Okay. Make those like train guy. Who is Alex Smalley and what does he do? Well, how does his driving accuracy and pedigree compare to someone like JJ spawn? I have no idea. Alex Smalley, I believe is the guy from Duke, right? Did he Monday qualify into this? Uh, I cannot imagine there is a ton of information out there. I think he's on the form tour, which is what they're using for the McKenzie. Now. Uh, I don't know a lot about him, so I can't answer that question. We're off to a, a roaring start here. Um, Patrick Rogers ball striking has been better as of late. Possible that he pairs it together with the putter here. Think he's about 60% fairways usually. Let's go to RickRongood.com. Everything that I use is, is from my own website. You can subscribe. I like it. I think that you will like it too. Patrick Rogers, a very unique type of golfer on the PGA tour. Historically, he is a good driver of the golf ball and a good putter. The problem for him is the last couple of weeks, he's been one of the worst putters that we've had out there. I mean, he hemorrhaged strokes at the Travelers Championship. He's lost on on, on the putting surfaces in four of his last five. And when that is one of your weapons for a guy who doesn't have a lot of weapons, but one of them is the putter, I'm a little bit worried about that. So um, is it possible that he kind of reverts back to this form here in you know April, May? possible. I'm just a little bit more concerned. Thoughts on Von Taylor says, Adam, you know, it is a John Deere classic and it is the week before major championship when Adam comes out firing with a Von Taylor question, 2% projected ownership for Von Taylor. So Adam is wondering what, what we could possibly expect from him this week. And let's take a look. <clears throat> so, whew, man, um, this is tough. There's not a lot to like, he's a good putter. I'll give him that. He has lost strokes off the tee in every event, but once since the Honda Classic, he's a consistent loser on approach. He's okay around the greens and he relies on the flat stick, Uh, which this week, you know, I certainly do think you're going to have to make those 20 footers for birdie, those 15 footers for birdie. You're going to have to roll it in. Is he giving himself enough opportunities? Is he giving himself enough looks at it? Doesn't really feel like it. Uh, He's only made two cuts in his last six. He's only made three cuts in his last, what is that nine or 10? It, it hasn't been a good stretch. I think you can pivot to other places. So he is 7,000. Oh boy. Just go with Kadira. That'll burn me later, but I think you should just go with Kadira. Does this course set up better for doc Redmond this week than, uh, last week? It looks like it does on paper, but seems that as, uh, seems as though his last four rounds have been shaky. Yeah. So let's do a deeper dive on doc by round here. And, You know, historically, these are easier fairways to hit, which I don't think is where Doc gets to lean into uh, the, the best version of his game. The best version of his game that we saw last year was get him to Wyndham, right? Get him to Sedgefield, get these kind of more narrow... T shots where then he can lean on the, the accuracy and the ball striking. We haven't really seen him tap into that this much or that much this summer. You can see this is now round by round. So don't get, don't get confused by this. So dating back to the Charles Schwab, he's been a consistent loser off the team. He is starting to see gains again with the approach game. That's, that's exciting to see because that was lost and is now starting to come back. And the putter outside of maybe his last four rounds started to turn the corner. I I'm I think there are better spots for Doc. I love Doc, he's great. I think there's better spots for him. Happy Gilmore is here. Wow, Happy. Much appreciated. Any thoughts for an early bet for the Open Championship? So I don't want to I don't know any names specifically, but what I think you should do is if you want to bet any of the guys who are playing the Scottish Open this week, for the Open Championship, you should do it now uh, because those are really the only guys that the numbers are going to move on. If John Rahm wins or if um, Rory McIlroy wins, those numbers are going to be cut for the Open Championship. So that's I would just probably want to play a little bit of defense here where if there's any of those guys I want to bet, do it now. It's, it's unlikely that their number gets significantly longer, but if they win, their number will get significantly shorter. This sets up to be another wedge fest. Can you give me, Chris, use the word us. It's a community. Give us the players that will fit the profile in this field who also putt well. Well, I guess we could do that a couple of ways, but what I'll just do is I'll kind of make a little blended model here. So let's go last 36 rounds, and um, I'll give you putting. So what do you want, 50 on that, that would be a lot, but this is really going to show you the golfers that you want. So 50 on putting, and then you want to turn this into a wedge fest. Let's call it 100 to 150. We'll do 25 on each and I'll show you the best golfers over the last 35 rounds for that. Oh boy. Oh, double boy. Vaughn Taylor's number one. I just dismissed him five seconds ago. Also, Satoshi Kataira is number two. This is turning out to be a terrible, uh, I, listen, these are guys that putt well and they hit it from 100 to 150 uh, very well, especially in the last 36 rounds. That's the model that we're running. There is no opinion in this. So the players are Taylor, Kadaira, Redman, Hadley, Hank Biota. Those are your top five. Good luck, Chris. For single entry up to 20 max contests, when you have your core cascading method, what's the ownership percentage of your top plays? If I'm understanding this correctly, Logan, you might not be understanding the core cascading method properly. So it's, it's all straightforward, right? So in the core cascade, you're putting six golfers into the vast majority of your lineups and you're just swapping each one of them out. So you basically have every golfer in 16 out of 20 lineups. And then the guys that you swap are in usually one or two of 20. So all the ownerships are basically identical. If, if someone's in your core, they're going to be in 16 out of 20 of your lineups. If I'm understanding your question, question correctly, I believe that is the answer. Any, yes, 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 Happy. I've, I cannot unsee this. Uh, anyone notice that Brian Harmon looks like Murr from Impractical Jokers? Yes. I I tweeted this out like three years ago. I cannot unsee it. Anytime I see Murr, I see Brian Harmon. Anytime I see Brian Harmon, I see Murr. It's absolutely wild. Rick, do you see an advantage on starting guys that begin on hole 10, start with an easy par five, good vibes only? Um, Yeah, so I would – the only reason I start looking at guys that do this is if there are like three easy holes on – no, it would have to be eighteen, one, and 2. Because I, I care about the birdie streaks, right? So like if 18 is easy and one and two are easier, like 17, 18 and number one, I would consider it for a showdown, especially right. Or something like that to try to get that bonus. Um, but remember all these guys are going to start on one at some point, all of them are going to start on 10. Um, maybe you consider it for first round leader. If you think that gets you off to a hot start, long story short, no. Deep dive on Bo Hostler. It is Rocket Mortgage Classic Week. Let's start with his golfer profile. Um, and I will admit, I, I, I'm not necessarily a huge Bo Hostler guy, but he's played better recently. Um, he is a lot longer than I would have thought. 37th on tour, which means he's probably top 20 in this field. 87th in putting, which means he's probably top 50 in this field uh, because of how weak it is. Now, if you look at what he's done more recently, and we'll go back to tournament by tournament here. We'll look up bo Yeah, this is this is pretty encouraging. So three consecutive top 25 finishes, all three of them he's gained strokes off the tee. Um you know, the putter at times can get hot. It actually hasn't been that good recently, but the last two he's gained there. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed with this. Uh for someone who is only 7800 bucks, I think you could do a lot worse. Three straight top 25s. Let's go. Fire it up after Berger came up highly in your model and Im and Harmon did not, does that make you reconsider and think he's worth paying up for? Yeah. So I kind of did here. And and this is a little bit of um, a a life hedge, Hank. So I, I had already bet Harmon, um, which terrifies me by the way. So in my core uh, for, for DFS purposes, I went with Berger. Uh, I, I, I might, I might be wrong to do that, but I'm kind of playing a little bit of a life hedge here. And the fact that he came up so well on the model, and the model's been really, really good over the course of the past couple of weeks and months, um, I did. So I kind of did a little bit of a life hedge here. If if Harmon finishes second and Berger finishes third, I guess that would be the worst case scenario because I really wouldn't reap benefits in either way. Hey, Rick, what are your thoughts on Doug Gim? Also, do you know why he withdrew in 2018 after the first round? Uh, I do not. I'm sure it might be google bull. Google-able. Google-able. I don't know why. If, if I knew that, you guys would be really impressed. Um, Yeah, I mean, Doug's on brand, right? This is, this is the same thing we have seen from him for the vast majority of his young career. From T to Green, he's great. The putter's terrible. Although I will say... Three out of his last four, he's been basically a zero putter, which is great news for Doug Gimp. That's a little bit encouraging. So he had an 11th at Zurich, but that was with his partner. Three out of his last four, he's made the cut. We're getting the weakest field of any of these. And he's gained, or he's been a zero essentially with the flat stick in three of four. Looks like gains to me. Jason says, "Hey Rick, just started watching your watching these podcasts. Thank you. You're one of my favorites. Could you please tell us the top 5 wind players based on projected wind conditions for all four shifts during the first two rounds and the weekend?" Jason, um with all due respect, I can tell that you are new because this is my soapbox issue. Oh boy, how do I break this to you? Um no, I will not be breaking that down for you because The wind stuff is completely overrated. Uh, What direction is it coming off of? Are these guys getting gusted? Is it left to right and a guy hits a right to left shot and now he can hold it up against the wind? Long story short, everybody does it differently. Everybody uh, is going to get gusted or they're going to get exposed on certain holes or they're not. There There is essentially no way to predict this and anybody who tells you otherwise is wrong. So it does not make it into really much that I do. Uh, Could you look at Apex off the tee and try to get low ball hitters? Sure. But I'm not going to play the wind game and especially how it shifts over the first two days and the weekend. Oh, wait. Then he put in this, damn, I think I got punked because then he put in this red devil emoji. And now I think he knows I was going to get punked there. All right. Tip of the cap, Jason. You got me. Sid says, hey, Rick, can you offer some thoughts on Jim Herman? Has had pretty two <laughs> two solid weeks in a row. Yeah, so uh, it's funny that we're at John Deere because this is where uh, I'll, I'll pull up the Michael Kim stuff first. Mike, This is where Michael Kim won by like eight shots after missing a million cuts in a row and then missed a million cuts more. So here's Michael Kim's win in 2018, had missed all these cuts leading into it, then has missed all of these cuts afterwards. Jim Harmon is like the light version of, of Michael Kim because two, two of Herman's wins, he had he had a stretch of like 30 events where he had two top 25s and and they were both wins. I mean, look at this. He missed 12, 13 consecutive cuts before his win at Barbersall. Uh it's just I I find him incredibly difficult to predict. Now, to your point, he has looked better in his last two. I'm not gonna try to say He continues to do that. You're going to get him at a very low ownership. And if you think this is the one out of 25 weeks that he's pops, go for it. When you play, do you collect your own strokes gain stats? Funny, you should ask. I just bought Arcos, which is that little device that goes into the ends of your clubs and it keeps your strokes gain numbers. It is out for delivery right now. It could be on the front porch at this very moment. I will let you know about that. I'm very interested to find out. Hey, Rick, love the show. If you had to pick between Herman and Nor, oh, excuse me, Harman and Norlander or Streelman and Redman. Okay, so this is really a Redman versus Norlander conversation. So for that, why don't we just use the head to head matchups tool, which I, uh, this doesn't have to be used for just head to head matchups. It is literally who is more likely to win in a four round matchup. So if I put in Norlander and Redman and I go, I'm going to change it to the start of 2020. So Norlander, Redman. Start of 2021, oh, dead coin flip. Wow, Norlander tiniest of edges, 50.8. I wasn't expecting to see it that close. Let's take a little bit deeper dive at Norlander because we already did Doc earlier. Wow, this is really hard. I think it's Norlander and Harmon. It's close though, super, super close. Jay-Z in the chat not even gonna lie to my main man Rick I am honored that I am I am Jay-Z's main man. I'm thinking Stricker might actually be underrated this week the course history the recent play everything's good but some folks don't want to play an old dog. I hear you Jay um I agree I tried I tried to find a way to not play Steve Stricker this week or to uh fade the guy. And and I still think you can make an argument because he's $7,700. He's going to be 17% owned. Um, there are a couple other guys like a Pat Perez or a Kramer Hickok that would be just fine pivots. However, on, its, on the surface, uh, Stricker's been phenomenal. Not only do you get the three wins and then the three more top tens after that, where he's been piling up top tens for a million years at this event. Played the PGA Championship, made the cut, finished 44th. Played the Honda Classic, finished 13th. Had a fourth place finish at at Phoenix. Then he goes to the Seniors Tour. That's where he resides. Dominant up there. I know that's completely different, but I tried to find a reason, Hove, and I couldn't find it. Unless you just want to say it's 17% ownership and I want to pivot, but the guy's really good. I love weeks like this way more because you don't... you Oh, because you have to think. It's one thing choosing between... Neiman and answer at the open for $7,700 and dollars Completely different choosing between $8,700 mare and $8,600 glover. I agree. On course key stats, should I be looking at driving accuracy or driving efficiency? I believe you should be looking at driving accuracy. Uh, these are two different stats. The one that pops up for um, the, the the most correlated stat is driving accuracy. Now here, here's the thing. Um, we can get to a lot of reasons on why driving accuracy has been most closely correlated to success over the years. I think it is a combination of accurate drivers are usually pretty precise uh, with their approaches. They usually putt pretty well. Um, The elevation changes don't affect them as much. I, I believe that's the reason. Um, so I'm going with accuracy. It is, there were only six other courses on the PGA tour, in which driving accuracy was more closely aligned with success before we go any further. Uh, let's talk about jock market because this is not only to me, uh, something. So, so stock market DFS has, has tried to be done for years and everybody's failed at it because the execution has been terrible. Jock market figured out the execution and they're, They're headfirst into golf, which I love. There's a cash market where you can literally spend real dollars to buy shares of golfers. And then you'll see those shares change over the course of the week. You can buy and sell uh, during the tournament. So for example, last Wednesday night at IPO, which is what's going to happen tonight, Cam Davis sold for $4.81 a share, paid out the full amount of $25. But Rick, he was 110 to one. I only got 4.2 times my money. Yes. But what if he would have lost that playoff? How much would your 110 to one ticket uh, have paid off? Zero dollars. Cam Davis would have been $20 or $18 for the tie break. So um, it's just a different game, different concept. I'm loving it. I added this download data button so that you can actually now start sourcing this data. I know that they just released an API so you can get the, the trading information. It, it's It's going to be a lot more fluid market and and there's going to be a lot more data and all that good stuff, which is always always good for everybody. Um, if you sign up with the code RICK, they will match your deposit up to 50 bucks. So fee, free 50 bucks tonight at 8, 15 p.m. Eastern time. Joe Idoni and myself are giving away another $100. We'll talk you through the entire IPO process and I hope to see you there. Scottish Open pick to win. Sam Burns, 40 to 1, but I'm a sucker. Rick, are you going stars and scrubs or a balance in your core? Uh, I went with stars and scrubs, but the scrubbiest I went was six thousand five hundred. I did not go down to the six thousand three hundred dollar range. I think, you know, I, I think I kind of convinced myself that um, Berger is the best player in the field. He's playing well enough. He's played well here before. Maybe there is a difference between him and Brian Harmon. Um, and I went down to 6,500. You could probably guess who that is. I loaded up on some 7K guys, and I made my lineup that way. So I don't know if it's full stars and scrubs, but it's like a star and mid scrubs. Who do you like more, Hostler or Hickok? I like Hickok. Um, I was very impressed with what he's done in the last two weeks. the 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 runner up finish in a playoff, made the cut last week. He's accurate. He puts well enough. I think he's trending. I think he's got a lot of confidence. And when you start comparing his outright odds, 66 to one, 70 to one with those peers, like you got to give Kramer Hickok a little bit more respect than that. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about why you are fading Kyle Stanley? Did I say I was fading Kyle Stanley somewhere? I mean, I, I probably am, but did I actually say that Kyle Stanley to me, is always the same. I might've talked about this on the first cut actually, because Sia probably brought up Kyle Stanley. The problem I have with Kyle Stanley, incredibly on brand, right? Horrible putter. Great from T to green. In the few weeks that he does happen to putt well, he has finished 39th and 32nd. If those weeks he won or finished second, I'd be like, wow, maybe there's a little bit of upside here. If you guess the week, right? It seems like he's just living between 30th and 50th. I I, I just can't imagine how that's valuable. There's other guys. If you were able to run a key stats style regression model for the importance of course history, where do you think John Deere would rank? Well, first of all, um, that's in the works. So good question. Um, I bet you it is. I bet it's pretty high. Um, Augusta national will be very high. Kapalua will be very high cause it's kind of the same ish players and there's no cut and the course is very unique. So unique courses will be pretty high. I think Harbor town will be very high. Uh, Tory pines will be, be very, very low. Um, I bet you it's top 10, right? I mean, just, just, just because of Stricker, Zach Johnson alone, I, I think are going to drive some of that stuff. This message just says Seamus power. And I agree with it. I'm here for it. Looking back at why Straka was so highly owned last week. Your guess is as good as mine. I'm pretty sure I came on here and said, wow, uh, exactly what you did Four out of the last five missed cuts. He had a top 10. He had one good ball striking week. Doesn't this look like the outlier? I agree. What high ownership percentage do you feel most confident in fading? Good question. Cause we haven't done ownership yet. So here's the cheat sheet. I'll sort it by projected ownership. Um, you know, I I will say I I have concerns about Henley. I I love him on paper. If I could play, if I could take Russell Henley for 10,000 consecutive holes, I would, I would love to invest in that. The problem is, um, he's coughed it up in four consecutive Sundays, four consecutive Sundays. He has lost at least two strokes to the field. Uh, that's a little bit concerning. Two of them. He was really in contention Two he wasn't, but you still wonder about it. So that, that to me is a hair worrisome for a guy who's 21% owned. Um, outside of that, oh boy. Um, I'm probably pretty comfortable fading Steve, uh, uh, Zach Johnson, excuse me. I just, you know, we can, we can pull him up here. I know the course history is there, but I'm by default more of a recent form guy. And this is not good form when you're losing basically every single week in the ball striking categories and you have to gain eight strokes to to finish 32nd at the Charles Schwab challenge. That to me is worrisome. So maybe he finds the magic at a place that he's got plenty of magic, but that's concerning. Does strokes gained around the green really only matter at hard courses? Probably. Yeah, because if you're getting up and down for par and that's a good score, that's good. If you're getting up and down for par and the winning score is 25 under, you're in trouble. Hey, Rick, who are you warming up to as the week continues and who are you falling off from? Let's see. I believe I'm warming on Norin, who I know finished well last week, but this is now a pretty good extended run for him of, of top 25 finishes. And this is going to be one of the weaker fields in a long time. He had four consecutive top 25s from heritage to Byron Nelson 13th at the Memorial fourth at rocket mortgage. This is an extended streak for him that he's been much better off the tee, which I think is, is, is valuable. So I'm probably warming on Norrin and I'm probably cooling on probably Henley. You know, the reasons wh- I was, I was a little worried about the round four stuff to see him be probably the second highest owned golfer, It's tough. Hey, Rick, can we do a breakdown on Roger Sloan this week as a 6K sleeper? Yeah. So let's see. Um, Sloan's kind of interesting because when you're down in this range for as cheap as he is $6,900 in a field this week, making the cut is really, really valuable. Having an opportunity to finish inside the top 25, really, really valuable. Um, He's made Four of his last five cuts, he finished 21st at the Rocket Mortgage. I don't love a lot of the advanced metrics. I think he's a little bit too reliant on the short game, but at $6,900, what are our other options? You know, we can go down here and we can see, do you want to play Benny on? Do you want to play Harry Higgs? Harry Higgs has been horrible. Um, Do you want to play Michael Thompson? Maybe try to tap into a little bit of winning upside. I don't know. Andrew Landry on paper this should be the perfect spot for him. And he's got great course history here, but he's been so horrible recently. So I, I just think you're really stuck uh, with a lot of, like, I would rather go down to Adam long at 6,500 than, than almost live in the 6900 range. But if you maybe pick somebody from the 69s, it would be Shanker. It would be Sloan. I, I think that's the way to go. Hey, Rick, been following you for a while now. Over the past couple of weeks, you've been absolute fire. With your sleeper picks, who's your favorite sleeper this week? Um, so I have a video where I release five of them. I think it's probably Hickok. I just think, listen, is he going to win the golf tournament? Probably not. Is he undervalued compared to his peers? Almost certainly. And that doesn't mean he's going to win, or doesn't even mean he's going to make the cut. I just, I just think he's probably the most undervalued guy in the sixty to six, seventy to one range. This is kind of interesting. With guys who are towards the top in betting odds, Berger, Harmon, etc., do you prefer to bet them before the tournament or wait and hope their odds drop during the tournament? Yeah, so I think I'd prefer to wait in most cases because, so let's say you're Daniel Berger and you go out in the opening round, you shoot two under. Um, you're probably going to be longer than your current odds right now. And maybe you didn't play yourself out of the tournament. We see these guys come back all the time uh, to get themselves back back into the mix because you're going to have to shoot something pretty low to win this tournament. Um, but if he goes out and shoots five under, are his odds really going to change all that much? You know, if he's T11 after round one, maybe he goes to seven to one, something like that. And you're only taking a little bit of a haircut. So Brett, I'd probably prefer to wait, uh, especially on burger. How many guys would you consider in your player pool? Uh entirely up to you how it's all about your risk tolerance, your risk reward. I keep it very small. Um, If I was going to play 20 lineups, well, if I do the core cascading, I'm playing like 12 guys, which is kind of crazy. If I'm doing it more naturally, it's probably like 20 guys. The John Deere classic is to the open championship as Nickelback is to Metallica. I don't know but I can't argue with that. Who do you think is higher owned in single entries between Stricker and ZJ? I think it's got to be Stricker. So there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, I project them both within a half a percentage of one another. I think that most people can look at Zach Johnson's recent form and say it's not that good. You can't really say that about Steve Stricker. The only knock against Steve Stricker is he's going to be 17% owned. But if but if Zach Johnson is two, then I imagine Steve Stricker is going to be more... Um, uh, more highly owned in single entries. A lot of stricter questions. I'm just going to skip those. What's up, my brother from another bunker? I don't get it, but I like it. How do you feel about Bryce Garnett? Ooh, probably not good, but we can do a deep dive on... It says on Rick at Rick run Good.com, which is actually my email address, but I assume you imagine, I assume you mean at on Rick Rungood.com. He's seventh in driving accuracy, 39th in par three and par four scoring in a neutral putter TPC deer run. Wow. Oliver, you're kind of convincing me here. Let's, let's take a little bit of a look. You know, we saw a couple of weeks ago. He had literally one of the best putting weeks that anybody has ever had. Uh, that's not an exaggeration. There were only two that were better, which is a little bit concerning. And you imagine, yeah, that regression is going to come back a little bit. Oh boy, let's see how he puts on bent. So his his baseline is zero point zero seven. He's better on bent 0.2 for sure. Let's see how he does it. Deer run. Man, he's missed three out of four. Um, and he's seventy three. Dang, I was try- I was hoping to get there, Oliver. I'm not sure I'm there. I'm not sure I'm there. Hit the like button. What do you see as the optimal roster construction for GBPs? Uh, seriously, probably six guys under $8,500, right? I mean, what do we see at Rocket Mortgage? I think the I think the optimal was $49,000. I think the week before that it was $45,000. Um, it's just, there are so many, it's just it's just volume. There are so many scrubs in this yield that we are probably looking at um, optimally. You should just probably make lineups that max out at 48,500. Um, but realistically I, I, I'm going with one guy at the top and a more seven K balanced approach after that. Any thoughts on first round leader? I'm thinking Satoshi again. So there's a couple of ways we can do this. Let's go to the Holy grail. Let's look at golfers who, who play well in the first round. <laughs> Steve Stricker. Great. I guess we're betting him this week. Ryan Moore, Zach Johnson, Sungjae Im, Alex Noren. Let's look at... Um, let's get really freaky. Bentgrass, first round. Wow, Brian Harmon has 29 rounds. Gains nearly two strokes per round. That's wild. Look at this. Brian Harmon. That's great. Does he have an early tee time? Let's see. Brian Harmon... Is going off at 718. Okay, let's hope. Let's hope he's a better. I'm going to click him. Let's hope he's a better morning player. So his baseline is 0.58. In the morning, he is, please be higher, 0.51. 0.6. It's not that big of a difference. Let's go with Harmon. Ah, but you're not going to like that. Let's go with Harmon and a long shot as. I bet you could get a pretty good number on Ryan Moore or Munoz. Munoz can get hot for a round. Cannot do it for four rounds. Hey, Rick, how was your fourth? Thank you for asking, Brant. What's your favorite firework? You guys are going to kill me for this. The the non-firework, the invisible one the one that doesn't make any noise. I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm cool for fireworks for like eight minutes. Like I want to see like eight minutes of fireworks, not all day and all night. Um, But I do like those ones that, that go up and then they trickle down like weeping willows. I don't know what they're called. I don't know what any fireworks are called, but that's my favorite. Thanks for, thanks for checking in. Sean says, just stopping by to say hi from Wisconsin on my way to work. That's awesome. Love all the content good luck to everyone this week. There you go. Straight from Sean. Thank you. Any players here in the open? Uh, well, Berger, right? I'm sure Harmon's in. Uh, it's gotta, yeah, there's got to be a bunch of guys in, I would imagine. Not a ton, but a handful. Talked about Pat There are a ton of Patrick Rogers, Steve Stricker questions. on moving along. Regularly do pretty well getting in the range of 75% of roughly 20-man pulls to the weekend, but just can't get the right combos. Yeah, I mean, it's like trying to hit... I mean, DFS lineups are like, this is why I play them recreationally and as lottery tickets, right? It's like getting a six man parlay right for four days in a row. It's hard. It's really hard. So if you're trying to grind cash, get into smaller contests, get into double ups or quadruple ups or 10 times ups or whatever they have. Um, But yeah, it's, it's hard to do. Getting the right combos is so hard. Uh, but yes, jock market is so jock market does. So the rest of this question is, should, I don't, I don't know what the rest of this question is. So should, should I be heavily on jock market? Um, I like jock market because you can actually make money if a guy finishes like 32nd or 54th or whatever, it's as long as they outperform their expectation, right? Which, which I think I'm very good at finding golfers who will outperform their expectation. It's a lot harder and a lot luckier to get the right combos, but to outperform your expectation is completely different. Oh, I hate when people call me rich. So I'm just gonna skip this one. Sorry. Hit the like button. With the emphasis on accuracy, what are your thoughts on Chez Revy? Yeah, Shea Reve. Um, I I did a little deep dive. I don't think I did this on camera, but I was just kind of looking at myself. Let's hold on, let's get all of his let's get all of his rounds in here. I mean, this is really encouraging Four consecutive rounds where he's gained strokes on approach. We know how accurate he is off the tee. If I pull up his golfer profile, look at that headshot of Bo Hosler, by the way, if we pull up his golfer profile, I mean, accuracy is what he does. He's fourth on towards probably first in this field. So, um, yes, I think the data would, would indicate, oh, I'm not even showing it to you. Sorry. Here's the data. I imagine it would indicate if there's ever a place to play him, it's probably right here. Oh, I lost my spot. Um, oh, I'm I'm close, I'm close, I'm close. Here's what I'll do. There's a super chat. I'll do that first. Hybrid, thank you very much. With the super chat, says thanks. Uh, says throwing support for an especially fantastic cut sweat show. Thank you. Aside from the fact that I seem to jinx Kadira on Friday, yeah, tough <laughs> tough run for Kadira on um his final six holes. And he still had a chance on 18 and he kind of blew it, but thank you very much. It's, it's much appreciated for the, for the super chat. Michael, uh, there's the Michael Kim question. I knew we were going to get it. Um, no, his recent form and his, even his form before winning has been horrible. What does the ownership of Kadira look like? I have him less than 1%. It will be higher than that. I'm going to guess Well, here's, here's what we have. So if we go to, if we go to his golfer profile, which I don't know if you guys know this, if you go down, you can see historic ownership. Ooh, Ooh, la la. Um, he's like barely ever been 5% or more. So I'm going to guess we're in like the two to 3% range on him. I have him less than one. It comes in, it comes in more than that. Frank says, Hey, Rick, been a member of Rick run good for six months. Now I'm starting to notice a difference. Oh, that's cool. I was first at one point on Sunday ended up 30th, but wow, what a rush. Thanks for such a great site. I appreciate that. Um, I think it's great. And I'm, I'm glad others are great. Hey, Rick, great show. Who is your top fade, top pivot, top long shot Trevor. All right, let's do this top fade. Um, I think for me it's probably Henley checking in at 21% owned His last four round fours, that would be a little bit concerning. I think you can make a case for it being Zach Johnson. I think you can make a case for it being Kyle Stanley, quite frankly. He's kind of coming in there 15% as well. I'm not sure what the upside is, trying to win a golf tournament. Or trying to win a contest, excuse me. Um, Top pivot. So that's actually pretty interesting. So let me do this by, let me sort this by salary here because we can find. So so I like Streelman. Uh, off of Henley. Now I don't know if that's a big enough pivot because it's only 5%. Uh the fact that I have Lee Biota at half of that of Zach Johnson is appalling and I hope that those numbers get closer because that is is shocking. Um also, I wouldn't mind so so as uh, you know, Stricker at 17%, I don't mind Pat Perez. He's got two top 15 finishes in the last three. He's a little bit relying on the putter, but aren't aren't they all? Um you know, at half the ownership of Steve Stricker I don't really mind that. So I'd probably go in that range. And the top long shot I mentioned, um, I mentioned Hickok. Uh, I mean, Kadira is, I don't know if the numbers still like this, but Kadira is $7,000 on DraftKings, but he was like 150 to one to win. And you looked at other guys that were $7,000 on DraftKings and they were like 80 to one, 90 to one, 100 to one. So uh, there was a disconnect there. So I think that that builds in some value. One and done with two weeks to go. I'm in the top 10, Harmon or Berger. I think you just have to take the favorite. If you're front running, I think you just have to take the favorite. I think you have to. I'm sorry to tell you. It's really close. You can do whatever you want. I just spit water everywhere. Sorry. Let's talk about Aaron Wise winning this week. I will say Aaron Wise has been a lot better and I'm impressed. Kevin says, any thoughts on the Scottish Open? I know it's a whole different tournament, but do you have two or three recommendations for DraftKings? So there is actually a uh, a European Tour cheat sheet that I update each week excuse me. So, um, this is on rickrungood.com. I've never shown it, but you should obviously subscribe. Duh. Um, looking at this. So I bet Sam Burns at 40 to one because I cannot quit Sam Burns. He's $9,000. Uh, he is cheaper than Christian Zaynode. He's cheaper, uh, than Matt Fitzpatrick. I'm not sure about that. I did get a viewer actually sent me, I think he was across the pond, sent me some really, see how I said that across the pond. Uh, he sent me some really interesting information about Renaissance. He was mentioning how wet it was and kind of these, you're going to need to be able to make a lot of birdies um, and potentially keep it in the fairway. He mentioned burned Wiesberger who I believe won this. Yeah. He won it two years ago. So um, I would probably say burns Wiesberger I would probably go with, let's see, let's see if I can find you a value play. I'm, I'm a sucker for, for um, Adrian. I'm going to get his name out. Adrian Otegi. I believe is how you pronounce it. He's seventy five hundred dollars. Of course, you know plays primarily on the European tour. Second, a couple of weeks ago, three straight top thirties makes a ton of cuts. Has played well enough here. I think that he's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good cheaper guy. Can I get anybody down low? Mm. No, I don't know. I do like Minwoo Lee's game, although it doesn't always translate to success. But Minwoo Lee is. A stud. Yeah, there you go. Good luck. One and done. M versus Harmon. Man. I'm just out of the money and most of the of me have used M. Yeah, I guess you have to use him. Everybody's going to use Harmon. If you're trying to make up ground, you have to use Harmon. Hybrid says, how are Brian Stewart and Brian... Stewart's numbers. Um, so let's look up his golfer profile real quick so that people can understand the type of player that Brian Stewart is. And it is uh, one that is very accurate off the tee. Third on tour, he might be first in this field. Uh, he's about a zero putter. He's about a zero in a lot of things, right? He's a very average golfer, which average on tour this week, he might be darn near top 40. Um, we can look at his recent results here because I feel like he just popped up. He just popped up recently, right? Somewhere. Maybe I'm confusing him with someone. Um, missed three of his last four cuts. That's not great. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's a very average golfer. I guess again, if there was a week to play him and to think that he might be like a top 40 guy, it would be this week. What's his price? 71? It's not the worst thing. Not thrilled. I need someone off the grid for one and done. Not hit not not Zach Johnson. Uh Hickcock or wise would certainly be um off the grid. One to ten heat index on Mito this week. Um three. I think every single, I mean, he just had his first professional start last week. He missed the cut. I think every he's obviously gonna get more comfortable. It's 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 hard. I really like the kids' game. I like the fact that he can win, and um, I think it's gonna get better all the time. So let's call it a three. Uh, a lot of questions about birdie makers. Let's just do. I'll just. Here's what I'll do um, I'm just going to do last 36 rounds, and I'm just going to sort by. Uh, I got to do this birdie or better. And we get Burger, Wise, Merritt, Sheamus, Patton Kazire, Lucas Glover, Josh Teeter, 6,300, makes a ton of birdies. Actually, Josh Teeter's been. No, slightly below average in his last 36, but he's made a lot of birdies. It's kind of interesting. Battley Perez Harmon. So hopefully that answers that issue. That should answer like a dozen of these questions about birdie makers. Hey, Rick, I know Lebiota didn't deliver in the last few holes to make a playoff. Do you think he can keep it rolling this week? So it's funny. I kind of, uh, last week, if you guys remember me saying, I was like, yeah, like like Lebiota, it's one more go around. Like we got one more crack at this. And he played great and it was awesome. I think we might have one more crack at this. <laughs> like I might just keep, I might be just uh, adjusting. Uh, he He's arguably one of the hottest guys on tour right now, or at least in this field, right? I mean, I mean, six consecutive cuts, four of them are top 17s. The last two are top fives. Do I love that he's relying on the putter? No. Do I think you're gonna have to make a lot of putts here? Yes. So it maybe one more go around. Right? Maybe one more go around. Like button, firmly smash. You don't have to smash it. You can just nudge it, I suppose. Couple questions on Johnny Vegas. Let's do that. Johnny Vegas. Um Elite driver of the golf ball, boom! There it is. One, two, three, four, five, six consecutive events. He's gained strokes off the tee. Rarely loses off the tee. Very good ball striking. Here's the problem, right? He's actually this isn't this isn't the worst. He he. If you are willing to, <coughs> excuse me, ride or die with the flat stick, then Johnny Vegas is your guy. He is wow. He's eight thousand. That's pretty expensive. I thought he was going to be like seven thousand five hundred. Um, if you're willing to ride or die. With the putter, go with Johnny Vegas. Uh, some people hate that, but that's that's the story here, because when he when he puts close to a zero or gains a little bit, right? last two times he's gained, ninth at Byron Nelson, second at Palmetto. That is literally it, that's that's the only question he has to answer. Oh, let's look at this. Anthony has a pretty good question here. Does Harmon's slight losing and strokes gain approach worry you at all? I want to dive deeper into this. Let's look at his his kind of buckets here, because this is this is well-deserved for a golfer who's one of the favorites, whose people are probably going to play a lot this week. So if you go to the golfer profiles, you click approach the green, you can see his breakdowns uh, for each one of these tiers or these buckets. And this is a little bit concerning because the the, the shots that I think we're going to get this week, a lot of 100 to 150. Um, from 100 to 125, Harmon's 147th. From 125 to 150, he's 89th. From 150 to 175, he's 159th. He's actually better further away, 225 to 250, 250 to 275, although he probably doesn't have many shots there. Um, and he's better much closer, right? 50 to 75 or 75 to 100. So it's almost like that little sweet spot in the middle, 100 to 150 struggles with. So yes, it is a little bit concerning, but I do think there is going to be a little bit opportunity inside a hundred yards. I think that, um, you know, this is the same story that we've seen at a lot of courses where he's been able to have a bunch of really good success. So I am slightly worried, but not overly concerned about it. Can we see the projected ownership on Aaron Wise? Certainly, Alex. So I have Aaron Wise at about 12.5%. Good luck. Is there any question that Kramer Hickok has the best headshot on the site? Actually, yes, there is a question, but I'm trying to think who has a good one. Look at this guy. No, there is no question. He's a male model. Look at this guy. Just chiseled, chiseled jaw. First of all, it's not even a headshot. It's an it's a, it's a candid. And he's just throwing a thumbs up to the camera. Look at that smile. Oh, he's ready to win. I'm holding my ticket. Uh, There are some other good ones. Hideki has a real hero shot, I think. Boom, look at that guy. Um, Cam Davis is pretty good. I just saw that. I mean, there's a bunch of really good ones in here. The action shot. Look at that. Look at that. So good. Could you do a deeper dive on Aaron Baddeley? Ooh, doggy. We are really deep at the John Deere. Sure. Let's do it. Time is yours. I don't, I'm not kidding when I say that. All right, let's do the recap here. Uh, let's do his best attributes. Very good putter. Very good around the green. Doesn't make a lot of birdies. Doesn't score well. Doesn't hit it far. Doesn't drive it accurately, man. That's not great. Doesn't have good results. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying here. I, I don't know. There's there's really nothing to like. His best result is a 23rd, uh, and that dates back to the 2019. I mean, yeah, since early 2019, a 23rd place finish is his best finish. That's tough. Is Stalling's chalky? I have him coming in at, uh, where is he? Oh, uh, yes, yeah, 16.8%. Yes, I I do believe he will be a little bit chalkier. I thought about Kevin Tway. You know, this is so funny, Colton. So Colton says, looking for someone low price with not a terrible course history. Aren't we all? Is Kevin Tway a possibility? So Tway is, I looked at him. There, He was like the sixth guy that I was going to put in the, um, in the sleeper's video. Because of the 14th place finish last year, he's made two of his last three cuts at John Deere. One of them was a 12th, but unfortunately that was 2 years ago, right? It was the last uh time he played it and he missed the cut. So it's it's been a while, right? Remember we missed this in 2020. I tried to get there on Tway I I eventually decided that maybe that 14th at Rocket Mortgage was the outlier compared to the rest of these results and there wasn't a real trend in the right direction. But it is funny you brought him up. He was probably like the sixth sleeper that I tried to get to. I, I didn't get there though. Who is someone that you're high on betting but not playing in DFS? I mean, there's a lot of guys, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys that I'm not willing to take on the risk for um for a, for a dfs purpose because i play such a tight core and and uh you know it, it, things can go sideways very very quickly when you do that so i uh so there's a lot of guys i'm willing to bet i'm logging into my account right now so i can just tell you the guys that i bet um or at least the guys that answer your question here so uh actually i think i played all of these guys in dfs so no that's not actually a good que- that's not actually a good answer so i would be more comfortable betting. Let's see. Aaron, um, maybe betting Aaron wise than playing him in DFS. Maybe uh, definitely Sue Wu Kim. I I'd be much, I'd be much happier to, to bet than play, uh, in DFS and probably like Matt McNeely. Those are guys that I, that I think, how would you improve much? How would you improve the match? Um, here's what I would do. Um, I actually really like Phil. Phil plays, so you have to understand from from a broadcast perspective, Phil plays the host, the on-course host. He asks the questions. He's constantly filling airtime. You don't want to necessarily have it be completely quiet the whole time, Um, and especially with Rodgers doesn't talk all that much and Brady's kind of iffy. What I would do is I want to do like a GOATS edition. Could you imagine if they got Jordan? Would Jordan do it if they gave him a million bucks? Jordan and Gretzky. He, this would be cool. How about this? Phil and Michael Jordan, Dustin Johnson and Wayne Gretzky. Have I just made the networks a billion dollars? Yes, I have. Go out and pay those guys a million bucks each. Have fun. I'll I'll call it. I'll walk on the court. Hand me a microphone. I'll do it. Um I'm available uh that would be awesome. I think it unfortunately this revolves so much around personalities. The other thing is the good news is you can go anywhere right you don't need a huge infrastructure that course we saw in big Sky was phenomenal go to Bandon, go to I, there's so many great courses they can go to Does anyone keep track of the winning lineup in DFS and how much was left on the table um it's not technically the winning lineup, but every single week i I um. I tweet out the optimal lineup, which of course would win anything, but it doesn't mean that someone actually put it in. So if you go to Twitter and you type in Rick Run Good Optimal and you sort by latest, um, they're basically all my tweets, right? Last week for the Rocket Mortgage, 49,000, scored 698 points. Week before that, 45,000, scored 637. Um, yeah, just 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 keep going. Apparently, I skipped a question in which someone asked what my wife's pick is uh, she said it's Norlander. I didn't see that. I was I was skipping some questions there in the middle. Would you take Rory plus money over Morikawa in the Scottish Open? I already bet it. <laughs> well, I guess you're just looking for a little positive reinforcement. Um, sure. It's not the end of the world. If you like it, I like it. Oh, no. Someone said, please gif Rick doing the weeping willow firework hands. Oh God, I'm in trouble. One and done, still in the top 10. Play the front runner with him. 75% have used him or power. I love power, but strategically, and, and listen, these are so close, right? These guys are within eight points of each other on the board do whatever you're comfortable with. But I think strategy wise, if you're telling me you're in the top 10, you have access to uh Sung JM. Who's one of the shorter favorites and 75% of the guys above you have used him. You probably have to use him. Would it be a huge mistake to play power? It's not a huge mistake. LeBiota versus Kyle Stanley. That's kind of interesting. Let's do that matchup. So Man, I I have no I have no idea what this is gonna return. Most times I have like a general idea of what this is gonna return. Kyle Stanley, if you go from the start of 2021, Kyle Stanley is 51% to win. Thank you. If you go to just recently when uh Libiota's been much better, let's see. Yeah. So if you go since April 1st, Libiota is 60% to win this thing. Top five putters in the field. So many different ways we can do this. Let's do uh, this season strokes game putting in this field. Harrison Frazier, although he only has four rounds, Johnson Wagner and Johnson Wagner has good course history here. I'm not going to play him, but it's the answer to your question. Zach Johnson, Chesson Hadley, JT Poston. If you want just guys on bent grass, Christopher Ventura, only 14 rounds. Chad Prohl, only two rounds. Andres Romero, Danny McCarthy, Bo Hostler. If you want just TPC deer run and Martin, Dylan Fratelli, Sam Ryder, Bo Hosser, Andres Romero. If you only want the last 36 rounds, Troy Merritt, Brian Harmon, Zach Johnson, Chesson, Hadley, Harrison, Frazier, a lot of different ways to do this. As you can tell, Rick, did you also get burned by Hideki last week? No, actually I avoided that. Um, you know, my wife, she puts in a lineup every week. She got burned by Hideki. I actually avoided it. Uh, I avoided the Hideki and Bryson, and I still got three of six through. It's terrible. Maybe four of six for my core. It wasn't enough. Can you do a jock market strategy video? I guess a tutorial how it works. Funny you should ask, Chris. It already exists. Uh, go to Google Rick Rungood jock Market it'll come up. There's also an interview with uh, Dave, who is one of the uh, co-founders and he gives a lot of great insight and strategy as well. Also, uh, I think there are tutor- tutorials that are on their website that I actually created. Uh, just They're out there. And also every single Wednesday night at 8.15 PM Eastern time, Joe Idoni and myself talk through strategy and this should tell you exactly how it works. So lots of opportunities to do that, Chris. Hey, Rick, great job as usual. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, do you think if Berger or Harmon start off slow, they throw in the towel and head to the open? This is pretty player personality dependent. (sighs) No, because if they didn't want to, they would have just, they would have just gone there, right? They don't have sponsor obligations or anything here. Right. So I'm going to say no. Rick, what's your favorite classic car? Oh god. You guys ask me There's like maybe I'm learning there's only like 3 things I know anything about because you guys ask questions about things I know nothing about. Movies, music, cars. Um somebody asked me about like I forget something. Oh boy. Um classic car, classic car, classic car. Think, Rick. Think. Ugh, literally have no idea. 19, I literally have no idea. Uh, I'm sure someone would be like, oh, a 1967 Chevy Camaro. Rick, what are you, a stupid idiot? That's the best car I ever created. I literally have no idea. I'm sorry, enjoy the car show. Send me a picture of whatever your favorite is. I apologize. Is Kadira making the cut this week? I have him less than 1% owned. I think he's going to be about 2.5% 2, 2. owned. The argument to be made is... <laughs> For 30 holes on a course that shouldn't have been a good fit for him, he played pretty well. He was like six under. Then he went bogey 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 and I believe he doubled the last when he needed par to get in. Um I'm I'm going back to him. Let's go. This should be a better, this should be a better spot for him. I've answered a lot of these, so I'm just kind of uh skipping. Skipping around, skipping around, seeing what's going on. A lot of Scott Stallings, a lot of um, Steve Stricker. We talked about that. Just rewind. The only reason the roster Aaron Baddeley is his name is so close to mine. From Aaron Bradley. Ooh, good one. How does Xander profile on link-style courses? I think the good news for Xander it's almost shocking that Xander has not won more than he has. Um, And he's probably overdue, right? Like if you took his stats and you were like, how many wins would you expect from Xander? It's probably a lot. The good thing about him is his game translates everywhere, right? When you are so consistent in every single category and you can kind of pull it all off, there's really, I don't think there's really good or bad courses for you. So I think he profiles everywhere. How much weight do you put in course history in general? I don't know how I would quantify it, but let's call it 30% and recent form 70. No, let's call it 20% course fit 30% recent form 50%. Because remember, what do you do with course history when nobody's played it or played it once or played it twice or played it three years ago or played it five years ago or played it three times over 10 years? What do- What do we do then? What do we do after uh, a renovation? After they've changed the greens? What do we like? There's just, there's a lot of problems. So course fit is way better. Do you like Alfredo sauce, Rick? Uh, I like you. Sure. You remember that Michael Scott, what is it in Fun Run? Where he eats all the Alfredo sauce he's trying to carbo load. Doesn't go well for him. Oh. All the popular plays are normally low ownership plays for tournaments. Yeah, weak field. Now I have to find low ownership guys I've never heard of for tournaments. Wes just cracked the code. That's the code. If you can readjust your your perspective to having to pay more for guys that you're normally not paying for uh, and getting guys you've never heard of, but embracing that, I think it's smart. All right. I think it's lunchtime. Um, this is a really good question though. And I don't have the answer to it, but this maybe can be like a Saturday strategy video. Are there any guys who have good course history somewhere, but are horrible course fits? That's that's a very good question. And I don't know the answer to that, but I could find out for you. So I will find out. Um, what odds would you put on Tiger playing the 2022 Masters? Nine months away. I think he's still on crutches. Probably not good. But Tiger has made a career and a life of proving everybody wrong. And I hope he proves me wrong. It would be awesome to see. All right, that's going to do it. Um, Thank you very much. On your way out, hit the like button. It goes a long way for me. costs you nothing. 8.15 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Same place, Rick Run Good YouTube channel. That's your Jock Market live chat. I will see you there. Lots of money to be made. I'm going to get rid of this comment. There we go. And I'm going to put up the end screen. I appreciate your support. I'll talk to you guys soon. Good luck.